From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 347, for the week of September 25th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan that perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Marjorie Mulata-Willie, and Michael Bowling. Tony Spatel has the week off. In this week's show, Mary Jo does some Los Angeles sightseeing on her Day 6 adventure, and the ladies talk about giving the kids a little independence in the parks. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Diz Boards Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Wow. How was everyone's week? Has, Good. Has the weather gotten got... any cooler down there? Hmm? It's actually been really nice. It, Good. Okay. It's cooler yeah, up this here. This weekend was good. Yeah. We're we're getting uh, the a little overcast mornings and beautiful sunshine in the afternoons, and it's actually bearable. Excellent. So Mickey's Halloween party starts tomorrow, Friday the twenty sixth. I will be there. If you see me, wave. I'll say hello. Woo-hoo. Put candy in my bag or something. <laughs> Very exciting. Um, should mention that there are four days sold out now. The 26th, which is tomorrow, the opening night. Uh, October 3rd is sold out. Friday the 10th is sold out. And then Halloween Halloween night is sold out. That's actually of this recording date. So um, if you want current updates, we'll have a link in the show notes to the Halloween party page on the Diz. And I've been tracking the sellouts there, so you can check and see if your date's sold out or not. If 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 you are going, it's time now to buy your tickets because. And you said you're going, Tom. Yeah, I'm going on Friday night, the twenty. Are you dressing? No. As anything other than a middle-aged man? No, middle-aged. He's not middle-aged yet. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, I am, but <laughs> yes, he is. I hey, be thankful I didn't say grumpy middle-aged yeah, yeah, man. Thanks. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Um, Hi-ho, hi-ho. Hey. Is anybody else going to uh, Mickey's Halloween party? No. Not Mickey. us this year. We can't make it down from our neck of the woods in Burbank. We just cannot get there on a weeknight to make it anywhere worthwhile, not yeah. and have the kids have a full day of school. Yep. So you'll be it's representing. Kind of rough. Uh, yes, he I is. Will be representing. Uh, watch, watch the Diz um, Twitter page and Facebook page for live pictures and stuff on that night from Mickey's Halloween party. Also for on, I'm thinking it's the 27th that Saturday. We'll have updates from Halloween horror nights at universal Hollywood. So keep that in mind as well. Kelly, um, Kelly went to that. She had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She I'm, said it was, I'm going to, I, I will be peeing myself. I'm sure. Well, she said it was better than not scary farm. And nice. I think not scary farm is excellent. So I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, how much more yeah. radical is it going to be? So, do I need to buy you a box of Depends? You might want to. <laughs> Do you have a coupon? Okay. He'll be screaming like a little girl. Uh, mm-hmm. No, but there, I did see coupons. Where did I see coupons? I'm kidding. Um, no, but I'm... You know, we've eaten a little bit of fast food this week. Not oh, much, but a little bit. Like, we went to Subway, and Subway had coupons. For Depends? Okay, now, that's I, not, not saying no. much about their <laughs> food. Sea <laughs> World or something? No, I want to say it was either Knott's Berry Farm or it was uh, Universal. Oh, okay. Halloween well, Horror Nights. Yeah, definitely it, check when you're when you're out and about. 
at, in Southern California because there's coupons and deals all over the place. Of course, it's hard to plan that oh way. Oh, my gosh. It's sort of, yeah, I was going to say, I'm, it's I'm, hard to plan like that. I'm pretty sure it was universal. Okay. Um, and it was 15 or 25 off. Hmm. That's a pretty Oh, no, wait a minute. It was nuts, and it was like 25 off. Yeah, but that's probably gets you the same price as the yeah. three-day in advance online price. Yeah. So. Well, either way, but I mean, it's still, you know, it's still something. They're still advertising through, yeah. like, the lo- your local subway and things yeah, like that. exactly. So. I um, want to mention my weekly update blog that's been going up the, for the last few weeks. Every Monday morning, there's a Disneyland update blog that has links to our most recent show, um, any new blogs that have gone up in the last week, any updates to the site in the last week, any news stories that happened in the last week. So if you want to get yourself updated on what's happening at Disneyland, definitely check out that blog. Um, and we'll have links of links to that in the show notes or to the most recent one in the show notes. So you can take a look at that. Any other housekeeping? I do. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I wanted to just send our thoughts and prayers out for all our listeners who are affected by the California wildfires. And yes, we're just, we're not terribly far from the King fire up here. So, you know, our, our air is brown and, um, you know, we can smell it in the air. I talked about Apple Hill a couple of weeks ago. Right. right. And that, um, Apple Hill, the fire is a little beyond Apple Hill. So Apple Hill itself is open, but the freeway at, at the town up, Pollock Pines, is shut down or has been. They've opened and closed it, um, depending upon the fire. But what's really sad is, is that, you know, this is the time of year where all those growers and bakers, because they're all family run oh. operations, are, this yeah. is where they make their money. And it was showing on the news, they're all open, but people don't want to go up there because they think the freeway's closed at Apple Hill or because of the air quality and all that. There's only like where it would normally be elbow to elbow, you see 12 people, you know, at at some of the larger, you know, um, bakeries and, you know, orchards and things like that, farms. So, you know, people in the Sacramento area just want to let them know that, you know, Apple Hill is open. But just for, I know we have listeners that live, you know, in these areas. So just want to let you know that, you know, we're thinking of you, you know, and hoping for the best. Luckily, our weather has cooled down up here. We had a storm last night that rolled through the area and it rained. So um, that's helped a bit. So, and not to mention too the folks in Arizona with all the flooding and I know r- there's right a lot next, of bad weird weather right next all over door the and they and they have all that rain you think that we could just slosh it over here <laughs> I know right <laughs> so it's amazing the pictures of of places just recently that have you know. One day, here's a nice picture. Another day, you know, here's a complete flood. So, I mean, we had a listener who had um, a a daughter getting married in Mexico and got caught in all the flooding just south of us. Oh, at Cabo uh, San Lucas? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they had pictures of their resort. They managed to finally get an air flight home, but um, I think that's Christy Wilson and her family. So. That was pretty tense because they had like 18 people wow. down there for a wedding. And wow, crazy, 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 crazy. 
So anyway, so our thoughts and prayers are out, go out for all yes. of you. And then I do have another one, another housekeeping. Uh, I had talked about um, that there was going to be a presentation at the Walt Disney Family Museum by Pixar artist Steve Pilcher on his new children's book over there. And I went to it. And I, oh, I was it? it it was really good. I, I wanted to share just a little. It's not really worth a segment, but it's it, he talked he it started out where there was a members only event and it was mainly just a, a meet and greet. But he talked to all of us, you know, individually and you could ask him questions, things like that. I had bought a book for myself and one for my granddaughter. And in every book, he drew a little um you know, a little character. Uh, the main character is called Shredder. It's a shrew. And the interesting thing is, was his inspiration for this. He grew up in Canada. And one day when he grew, he lived near a forest. And one day when he was um, sketching um, nature, he saw a little shrew come out from under the uh, roots of a tree. And it sort of took in a big, deep breath and looked at him and then went back in into the tree. And he, that was his inspiration. He knew he was going to tell a story. So all of the illustrations in the book are all from around the home that he grew up in. It's all, it's all modeled on that. But the interesting thing is, is that, you know, he, he told me that he started drawing when he was two or three and he had some sort of life saving surgery that, but the recovery period was extremely long and he was alone for much of this time. So that's when he took up drawing. And at 19 years old, he had his first one man show, but, but then he started illustrating books and went into commercial art. But this is for people that think, you know, it's too late to follow their dream. He didn't start getting into, um, it, into animation until he was 40 years old. Wow. And he got a job at Warner Brothers and, and then he, um, freelanced for Disney. Oh, he went to, he went to, um, DreamWorks. He worked on Shrek 2, but that's where he learned, um, computer graphics. And then he freelanced for Disney and now he's at Pixar where he's an art director and production designer. He worked on Brave. He worked on Brave for seven years. That's how long it took. And so he said that he's been animating now for 20 years. He's 59 years old he brought that up several times and he's he said if he worked in live action he would have done 20 films but when you're an animator in 20 years you maybe would do five films because the process is so long so he he did like the lion and the lamb he worked on and one of the films that he did was quest for camelot and he's and in his presentations, he was showing us his paintings and his conceptual art, things like that, for all the different films he worked on. Some were canceled. Um, but Quest for Camelot, he said it started out where he drew this uh, this warrior uh, like princess with a sword and all this stuff. And he said, imagine if that had come out 20 years ago, that kind of a heroine, it would have been groundbreaking. But you didn't get that till Brave. Uh, and But he took concepts from Quest for Camelot and brought them over to Brave. A lot of the Celtic artwork, things that were in Quest for Camelot mm-hmm. that he did, he, he transferred over to Brave because he convinced them to move the era of Brave back so that he could put in the, those Celtic runes <laughs> and all of that into it. And so it was really interesting. He also worked, uh, a lot of the people that worked at Warner Brothers are now at Pixar, including Brad Bird. 
Mm. And so, anyway, so the, it's so the nice thing is, oh, he also worked on the Iron Giant and Osmosis Jones, and he did development work for this. That was a great movie. Yeah, he won. Uh, he was nominated for an Annie for that, and he did development work for the Snow Queen when it was going to be traditional animation. Of course, we know it best as Frozen. I've heard of that. Yeah. And then he worked for DreamWorks. He worked on the Bee movie and Madagascar and all of that. And he showed us a lot of the lighting studies that he did, which really interesting. Like when he drew, when he drew a room, like the, 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 um, the great room in Brave, he would do a lighting study about where are all of the candles or the chandeliers? Where are the windows and doors where natural light would be coming through? Through. And then he'd, he'd show how all the light would fall so that how it would appear on the characters and stuff. I mean, it, it, I had never thought of that. It was really interesting. So he, so the book over there, he worked on it for three years. He had to do it nights and weekends. And he, the, everything is done in acrylics on acrylic board. And what was interesting was he talked, he showed how he would, did he would do these paintings and then digitalize digitalize them so that he could remove characters and move them around but use the same backgrounds and all of that so hmm. and so and the interesting thing was his 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 inspiration was you know Tyrus Wong whom I've talked about on the show who did yeah. a lot of the work for Bambi and also Shepard, who did all of the original um, Milne uh, uh, artwork for Milne, who did Winnie the, the original Winnie the Pooh books, not the Disney version, and also Beatrix Potter. And mm-hmm. his and the interesting thing is is that just as when he his inspiration when he was like twenty years old was when he first saw a Shrew, and there's another character in the story that was a mole. So he's sort of been, you know, bouncing the story around and working on it and all that. And then there was one day he was driving his family and his children to their first Holy Communion, and they were running late. And they're zooming. He lives in Walnut Creek up here in the East Bay, and suddenly a mole comes running out into the street and stops his car. And he thought this was like some spiritual thing telling him to get this book done because the mole is a major character in his book and it's called Nosy. So he finally finished the book and he's talked about how this Disney artist series and Pixar artist series was the, you know, concept of John Lasseter and What's really revolutionary is that he, John Lasseter said the artists can keep the copyright of all their artwork. Interesting. Yeah, because normally Disney keeps the copyright. Yeah, that's something new. Yeah, yeah. And that Disney would do all the marketing of the book. And I have to tell you, this is an absolutely charming book. And I don't want to really give the plot away, but it's a really charming book about adventure, you know, with this little shrew shredder about, you know, um, leaving something, leaving your comfort zone and about friendship and go discovering new things about yourself. But the, the pictures are lush. They're rich. Uh, it, it reminds me very much of a wind in the willows kind of, um, you know, story. So anyway, this is a really charming book. It's it's on sale at, you know, any bookstore or online book retailer. It's on sale at the Walt Disney Family Museum 
um, gift shop. And so I would, if you have a young child in your life, uh, this is really a wonderful, wonderful little book to get them. It's called Over There by Steve Pilcher. We'll have to check and see if it's available at the parks next time we go down. Yeah, it might be. It wouldn't surprise Tom, you me. Should peek in, you should peek in wherever they have books. They have books? Yeah, they have books. Okay. I was actually flipping through my copy of... Uh, I finally got a copy of the, um, the Disney desserts or delicious Disney mm-hmm. um, holiday cookbook and the cookbook for kids, and that's actually kind of fun. So I was flipping through those. This morning, actually. Very cool. And you can still get those at the park, I believe. <laughs> um, it- uh, I was going to say, I have a couple. Go ahead. Um, one, uh, major construction at the park. Um, lots of gossip, lots of chit-chat about it on, uh, on social media this week. They have permanently fixed... The drawbridge at Disneyland. It was See, never this broken. Is so yeah, exactly right. <laughs> well, fixed it permanently. Fixed it into place, so it, it will not be able to be raised and lowered. I, I have a picture. Apparently. I have a picture of that, so I'll put that on the show notes page. That's so disappointing. Yeah, they um they took all those wonderful little um, seats you used to be able to sit within kind of some little turdy spaces on the drawbridge. There were wonderful little built-in bench seats. Um, and those are all filled in completely. Yeah. Thanks to Luella for that picture. She sent us one of those pictures. Um, and then. And this is all done because of the hundreds and hundreds of children that have fallen into the moat yes, off the drawbridge. I know, yeah. right? How stupid is that? But, you know, it just goes to show how state safety inspections can. I mean, why haven't they done the. I mean, why haven't they brought this up before? Where does this come from? It's like all of a sudden, poof. I think it's a bit ridiculous, and it certainly wipes away a bit of the charm, but unfortunately we're going to have to live with it at this point. So I guess there will be no more uh, raising and lowering of the drawbridge for grand ceremony like they used to do in the past. Well, they've only done it twice, so... Well, I know, but still, they did it in the past. It's the principle. You know, what if something it happened? The yes. It's the principle of the thing. That was a perfectly good working drawbridge. <laughs> it's not Disney World. <laughs> It's not. So, anyway, sadly, we have to report that those rumors are indeed yeah. true. So, bite this. <laughs> and, and you had something else? Oh, yeah. So, so guess where I was this afternoon, if you don't follow me on Twitter or Facebook. Um, totally I not went, related, but go ahead. <laughs> not, well, it is, it is day six related. Okay. <laughs> So I went down to Hollywood and Highland to the El Ca- Disney's El Capitan Theater. Oh, I thought you were just hanging and, out on the street corner. Mm-hmm. Well, I was hanging out on week. the street sidewalk <laughs> um, with some good friends of ours who happened to run a little Once Upon a Time podcast. And uh, so we got to see these celebrities uh, who went to the, celebrity, uh, the um, actor's premiere party. For once upon a time, today, very cool, which was very awesome. Numerous of us watched the show and are big fans. Um, anyway, so we went to. We, you can't go to Hollywood and Highland and not stop at Sweet. Sweet is this big, giant, old candy store that's like takes up half of one of the sides of the second floor of the Hollywood and Highland complex. It's huge, and it's huge, and it's amazing, and they have 
candies from all around the world and they make their own custom candy bars. You know, you can, you can actually, um, check mark off and they will make you a custom candy bar that is all yours Neat. with what you want in it and things like that. Well, guess what? They give a D23 discount. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? <laughs> Way to bring it back to Disney. Thanks. Really? They give a D, they give a, they discount? give, they had a, they had a D23 poster behind the cash wrap. And I'm like, D23? And they're like, yeah, we give a discount. <laughs> I'm like, who knew? Mm-hmm. So if you're wandering around Hollywood and Highland, um, you know, when you're down there for an El Cap, because that's like literally the best place to park when you go to the El Capitan, um, keep that in mind that you can pop into suite if you're a D23 member and get a little bit of a discount. Very cool. And the El Cap does validate the parking at Hollywood and Highland. That's good to so. know, too. So, yeah, go figure. All right. Any, Mary Jo, you got anything? I do have a couple of quick ones. Okay. Um, kind of quick. Uh, Legends of Frontierland that's been going on all summer. It's going to be ending this weekend. And okay. they tell us that there's going to be um, some special events happening on the September 27th. Which is Sunday, I believe. Which is Saturday. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Which is Saturday. So, um, if you're going to be there that day, check out the surprises and the events they'll be doing in, in Frontierland. And then also, Charles Phoenix, who was on our show, he's going to be hosting a Disneyland tour of downtown Los Angeles on October 19th. And I will be there. Some of our Dis friends are also going to be going. The, uh, we'll have a link to, this tour in our show notes, it begins at the Union Station and it lasts, I think it's, it's a few hours that it lasts. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. Nice. Well, we have some good news, bad news, bad news about our Arizona meat. And the good news is we've gotten enough response that the meat is a go. Yay. This is October 24th through the 26th in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, bad news is you only have two more weeks to sign up. October 9th is the definite deadline for signing up for the meet. The other little bit bad news is I don't know that they have enough people signed up for the Grand Canyon portion that was going to happen on the 26th. Sign up so, for the Grand Canyon portion. I want to see the Grand Canyon. Oh, Michael, <laughs> yes. Michael, Michael, Michael may be renting a car and taking everybody up to the Grand Canyon. So um, that's kind of that's kind of still in play. But definitely Friday the 24th, we're going to all be at Dave & Buster's and having a nice dinner there. The meet in the afternoon on the 25th, we're working on some equipment so that the Disneyland team can record a podcast there. And then in the evening, it's going to be an adults cocktail party. Uh, I think that one's still to be announced as to where that is. But it's going to be a great time. Um, even if you're not going, go go to the website and buy a t-shirt. Buy a, buy an Arizona Meat t-shirt and support their support their fundraising efforts um denise is doing a great job getting this organized so we need to we need to support them and we hope to see a lot of you there yes please definitely come and support because it's for the kids it's not just for us it's for the kids that's a little bit for us no okay gratuitously (laughs) i was gonna say it's not for us at all it's for the kids yeah (laughs) that's right it's gratuitously for tom (laughs) no 
Um, <laughs> also, don't forget about since you're since you're already thinking about traveling, don't forget about Podcast Goose 5.0. It is coming up very soon. We're all, we'll all be there. That's November 30th of 2014 on the beautiful Disney Magic. That's a Western Caribbean cruise. And, of course, the Royal Caribbean Alaska Cruise with the Disney Dreams Unlimited Travel. That's June 12th of 2015 on the Jewel of the Seas out of, I've forgotten, is it out of Seattle? No. Yes, yes. it's out of Seattle. I've been talking and about, we are all looking forward we to are that. Definitely we are. To that one, too. So we'll see you there, there, Bucket and list. there. So three, three trips with the Disneyland team. Show up. Be there. Second seat. Second seating on uh, Podcast Cruise 5.0 is going to rock. <laughs> is it? Oh, okay. That's why I'm in first seating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I was given a. I, I don't see. think I was given a choice, and I'm, I think I'm in second seating. Second seating. Uh, oh, you know these things happen. So I'll have to have a snack, snack in advance or something. Yeah, that'll be new for me. I'm not used yeah, to second either, seating. Either. Are you? Your is your family coming, Nancy, or is it just you? No, okay, so, I yeah. am. Uh, With the girls, it would be hard for second seating. I think West will probably be okay because he'll have pizza all afternoon. So well, and oh, you yeah. can always order room service. You know mm-hmm. that. Ice cream, ice cream it's bars. It's true. It's true. I'm gonna have to get used to it, but I'm looking forward to my table. We have a rockin' party oh, table. Man. Hey man, I got the folks from. I've got some of the folks from the New Jersey meat team. I got. We got a party going. Nice. On. I'll tell no word not to be. Yeah. Um, don't forget if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. If you want links to anything we talk about today, including that picture of the drawbridge, you can go to disunplug.com and we'll have links and pictures to anything we talk about on the show. Um, any other housekeeping? We need to talk about. No, it's only been like forty-five minutes of the show so far. Oh no, not that much. Hey man, you know we're good at this. It's been a week since this is the It's been a whole week show. since we talked. I mean, goodness. All right, since Tony's not here, I asked Michael to read the news this week. Michael, from the mouth of the mouse to your ears, I'm Michael Bowling with the news. <laughs> Date. Oh! Look at you. Dateline SeaWorld San Diego. A new class action lawsuit joins in a relentless criticism of SeaWorld. Investors are seeking to recover losses through the suit, claiming that SeaWorld violated securities laws by deceiving investors for not initially acknowledging the effects of the 2013 documentary Blackfish on park attendance. (laughs) I don't know how they would be able to know that yeah (laughs) SeaWorld stock plummeted 33 percent nine dollars and 25 cents per share in august of 2014 that drop came following SeaWorld's announcement of falling earnings and acknowledgement that negative publicity affected earnings results according to the rosen law firm rosen has filed a lawsuit on behalf of investors who lost money in the stock drop previously SeaWorld reported reportedly cited holidays and weather amongst contributing factors to sluggish turnout. (laughs) You know, can't people just stop being freaking greedy for once? I mean, I'm sorry. When you play the stock market, you play the freaking stock market. You should not have the right to be able to sue just because you invested and made a bad investment. It was your investment. And for you not to realize that attendance was going to be affected by Blackfish? I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm sorry. I I don't think this is. I don't think this should be reflected badly. And if they vote for the 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 shareholders, in in if the judge gives it to the shareholders, I'm going to be sorely disappointed in the state of the United States judicial mm-hmm. system because it's just stupid. It's just stupid. Well, Nancy, okay. attorney Jonathan Stern, who's a representative from Michigan SeaWorld Investor involved in this suit, would disagree with you because he <laughs> said it violates securities laws if you know the reason and don't tell investors the real reason for that problem. SeaWorld has been facing strong opposition for some time from animal rights activists like PETA and others, which not long ago culminated in a controversial and strongly anti-SeaWorld documentary titled Blackfish in July of 2013. You may have heard of it. In the film, the park is criticized for practices and incidents, including trainer and audience safety accidents and the use of an orca that killed a trainer. The family of a SeaWorld trainer killed by the park's Orca Tilikum issued a statement in response to Blackfish in January 2014 that included the following. Don Branshaw believed in the ethical treatment of animals. Dawn followed her dreams and became a marine animal trainer. She loved the whales and was proud of her work as a trainer. Dawn thrived on introducing the whales to the audience and educating them about the animals in her care. Dawn would not have remained a trainer at SeaWorld for 15 years if she felt that the whales were not well cared for. Some of the opposition to SeaWorld has been a subject to legal challenge itself. Jackass stuntman Steve O of once of MTV fame, <laughs> I assume that they're not calling him that. That was a show, right? That was right. a show. Yeah. Now, yes, it was. Now faces potential fines for a stunt involving <laughs> replacing a word on a freeway sign so that the sign read "Sea World Sucks." Breitbart reported last week. Peter's staff has reportedly pledged to pay up to seven thousand dollars of any fines levied. More recently, PETA has been forcing anti-SeaWorld ads on airports like San Diego International using legal action to do so. PETA reportedly sued the San Diego airport after it refused to put up anti-SeaWorld ads and now repeatedly places its attack ads there. PETA is now considering legal action against an Orlando airport. Which one could it be? Reported the Orlando Hmm. Sentinel, targeting SeaWorld's Florida location. The Greater Orlando Aviation Authority has even changed its policies to avoid being forced to accept the ads after watching them be forced on San Diego. PETA should consider how many animals would benefit if the money spent on airport advertising was instead used to help animals in need, SeaWorld has stated, according to the Sentinel. California legislators have also jumped on the bad wagon of those working to afflict SeaWorld's operations. Breitbart News reported in May on California State Assembly Bill 2140, through which captive breeding programs and orca shows, including those at SeaWorld, would be shut down and dismantled. However, that bill has been delayed at least a year, allowing for additional study, and also because our new Senate pro tem is from San Diego. No coincidence, I'm sure. So... Anyway, so that's that's it from SeaWorld. Now we go from under the sea of San Diego to the dark criminal underworld surrounding Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> the gunslingers? <laughs> well, Knott's Berry Farm ticket scam has netted some ne'er-do-wells thousands of dollars. Mm. 
the it seemed too good to be true, but the ad was for real, not Sperry Farm, twenty dollars, adults and kids. Yeah, and so were the tickets. It was, however, too good to be legal. That enticing offer in a Craigslist ad led the FBI to two men who bought thousands of dollars worth of theme park tickets online using stolen credit cards, then resold them at rock bottom rates. Victims lost more than $20,000 to the scam, according to federal prosecutors. Lamar Ramsey, 33, of Long Beach, pleaded guilty in federal court Tuesday to aggravated identity theft and access device fraud. He faces a mandatory minimum two years in prison and as much as 12 years when he's sentenced in February. Ramsey is free on bond until then. He and his lawyer declined to comment as they left court. His partner, Horbert Thursby of Canoga Park, <laughs> I love these names, pleaded guilty in May to a conspiracy charge and will be sentenced in October. These names sound like they're out of Downton Abbey or something. The two who were also in a rap group together, well, that explains it, would meet buyers in Buena Park near Knott's and exchange the tickets for cash, court filings say. The stolen card numbers mostly went went to buying Knott's passes, but Ramsey also treated himself to airline tickets, assistant U.S. attorney Ivy Wang said. Thursby told the, prosec- told the FBI Ram- Ramsey once claimed to have made $2,000 in a single day. Prosecutors believe Ramsey bought the stolen card numbers, in one case paying $50 for nine, and placed the Craigslist ads. Thursby answered the phone, and they both met up with buyers in person. The investigation started with special agent Mark Burnett, and I just have to hand it to Mark Burnett. Not only does he produce the television show Survivor, but he is an investigator. So so hats off to you, Mark Burnett. Anyway, Mark Burnett was searching Craigslist in August 2012 and found the ad for $20 Knott's tickets, the agent wrote in an affidavit. The listing promised the offer was legit and ended, looking forward to saving you a little money, thank you. It gave a phone number for Jason, in quotes. Three days later, an undercover agent called and arranged a meeting with Jason, who turned out to be Thursby, at the Walgreens across the street from Knott's. Ooh, what a what a sorted. That's a hotbed I've location. heard. I, I, I I'm impressed. <laughs> Thursby and Ramsey had used a room at the nearby Crescent Motel as a base of operations. <laughs> that, wow, that they had a base of operations. They did the Crescent Motel. <laughs> I, I wonder. I hope it has a big neon sign that's on um, on a tour for uh, who's that guy, Mary Jo? Charles Phoenix. Charles Phoenix. Yeah. That motel has since closed and reopened under a new name after years of complaints about crime. Jason and Thursby sold the agents six tickets for $120 cash, quite a bargain, with one ticket mm-hmm. running $39 if you buy online in advance. The scammers hadn't covered their tracks well, and the scheme quickly fell apart. Knotts immediately gave the FBI the information on the online purchase, and the IP address led agents to the Long Beach apartment where Ramsey lived with his girlfriend. When the FBI searched the apartment, they seized an iPhone on which Ramsey had 89 stolen credit card numbers. Thursby's email address was on a computer in the apartment, pointing the FBI to its next target. Showing a photograph of Thursby taken covertly during the undercover ticket buy, Ramsey told an agent, you guys have all the evidence. Do what you have to do. 
Thursby's lawyer, Kate Corrigan, called him a minor role player in the scam and said Ramsey was the leader. During the investigation, the FBI found one Simi Valley woman's Discover card number alone was used to buy $2,591.31 in tickets within two weeks, according to the plea agreement Ramsey signed. The defendants had bought the card number from someone in Vietnam. A friend who briefly participated in the scam told an agent Thursby predicted they'd make $300 or $400 a day selling tickets out of the Crescent Motel, but on that day it was slow and they made just $120. As far as investigators know, Wang said most of the people who bought the tickets got into the park without a hitch, since the passes were genuine. Whether they didn't know they were getting a suspiciously good deal or just didn't care, only they can say. So the moral here was, first of all, don't book a room at the Crescent Motel. But but also, if it's too good to be true, then it's illegal. (laughs) So, So from the Diz Unplugged Disneyland Podcast Studio North, this has been Michael Bowling with the news. Back to you, Tom. Thanks, Michael. Time for a rapid oh, fire. Yeah. Let's start with Mary Jo. Well, this weekend, September 27th, Maleficent and other fairies will be shown at the Off the Page store in Disney's California Adventure Park. The um, Off the Page store will celebrate the release of the different works of art inspired by Le- Maleficent and other Disney fairies. Different artists have created their own interpretation of what the characters mean to them in their own signature medium, style, and technique resulting in a unique and eclectic collection of characters and artists. Also taking place is a special appearance and signing by many of the artists from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Off the Page store in Disney California Adventure Park. So for those of you who love Maleficent, and there's plenty of people out there, um, now is a great opportunity to see the different works of art. Dave Avancino is going to be there, Brittany Brault, Bruce Boyer, Charles Boyer, Bob Elias, Brian Kessinger, Daniel Killen, Bridget McCarty, Miss Mindy, Larry Nikolai, and Jakovetic will be all be there on site soon. I it's hope Charles cool. Boyer sings Thank Heavens for Little Girls. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think now that they're having Maleficent appear as the um the new film version rather than the classic version in the parks? Well, the artwork they- has the um, there's what well, the wa- Ma- Maleficent walking around in the park. She's now the yeah now she's the new in the in Disneyland. Ma- yeah, she's the remade Maleficent. Oh, wow. I don't know that I like yeah, that. Doesn't bother me. Hmm. What, Mary Jane? So, I don't know that I like that. Yeah, I don't. Know. I like yeah. the classic. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Weird. Classic mean Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, we know someone who's a, a friend of Maleficent, and so we were um, seeing photos of the oh. new look. And, um, yeah, it's very different. I mean, even the color of the gown, everything's different. Makeup is significantly different. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you, Mary Jo. I will go next. Um, okay, a couple quick ones. I'm going to cheat. Uh, this is for the people who plan way ahead. Grad night 2015 dates have been announced. Uh, we are talking May 13th, 15th, 16th, 18th, 26th, 27th, 29th, and 30th. 
June 2nd, 3rd, 5th, 6th, 10th, 12th, 13th, 17th, and 19th. And I will have a link in our show notes page at disunplug.com with to a link for our, to our grad night page with those dates in it. So those planning way ahead for a summer trip next year. Uh, just be aware of those dates. Uh, I just saw that, so I wanted to mention that. Uh, my real rapid fire, there is a new special through uh, Walt Disney Travel Company or your Dreams Unlimited Travel Agent. For the fall at the Disney three hotels of the Disneyland Resort, you can save 20% on premium rooms at the Disneyland Resort hotels most weeknights, um, October 26th through December 18th. Uh, you can book now through November 19th. Uh, there are some blockout dates, including uh, October 31st, November 1st, uh, November 7th and 8th. November 13th through the 16th and November 21st through the 13th. But if you are traveling during that time period, definitely you want to check that out because those are awesome hotels and you want to, if you're looking for a premium room in those hotels, that's a very good special. Um, Nancy. Okay. So I got a couple things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> First off, there's some new menu item changes and stuff. And, and if anybody looked at the Disney Parks blog, you can see the Dragon Cup we talked about on the um, Halloween, um, the Halloween party show and the Halloween treats show. Um, so, um, flows, new menu yep. items. Uh, barbecue pork ribs instead of the Coca Cola pork loin, and that's the same kind of barbecue sauce that they used on the the pork loin is going on the ribs. And then there's um, a new sandwich with shaved roast beef and cheddar on a garlic chive bun um, with caramelized onions and horseradish aioli. And, um, and then also a turkey dip on a potato grinder roll with provolone cheese and turkey au jus. Um, Along with a coconut cream pie now uh, that joins the chocolate mud pie, which is always the popular selection. I think the only thing that love... stayed is the rotisserie chicken, right? Yeah, because they Yeah, and actually the lot. rotisserie chicken is new. Yeah. Well, they had the rotisserie chicken for a little bit. It wasn't one of the original things, but they've had... They yeah, have that for... well, it's really new. No, the only thing that stayed was the bake. Oh, the, there you go. The and veggie, the citrus turkey salad. Bake. The veggie bake. Yeah. But, um, I... You know, it's more sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And somebody, um, somebody made the comment that that was, that the, uh, roast beef sandwich was on the menu at Taste Pilots for a while or something. Hmm, I, don't, I don't remember that. Or, oh no, it, it was on the menu, I'm sorry, at Fiddler and Fife. Oh, that makes more sense. And that does make more sense. Um, but the real thing to talk uh, about. By the way, we've, we've updated that menu in the, on the Diz. Thank you, Mary Jo. And so I'll make sure we put a link in the show notes to that. Also, we've updated the menu on those for those awful pizzas at uh, <laughs> Puerto Rican Pizza and Pasta. So. Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Nancy. Uh, let's see. Um, darn it! And I, my link just closed to my other one. Big Hero Six. Um, yeah, my Big Hero Six link just closed on me, so now I have to get it back up. So, um, hang on. But Big Hero 6 is going to have meet and greets. Oh, that. And I'll no, tell you about it. No, we've talked about, about that. 
Oh, we did talk yeah. about that. But the new thing is... Oh, oh, uh, the preview. <laughs> the preview. Not the big... Me- well, see, and uh, the one that pulled up was the meet and greet. Beginning this weekend. As opposed to the preview. It's beginning this weekend. So starting this weekend at the... What used to be the Magic Eye Theater. Still Magic Eye Theater. Still it the Magic Eye Theater. Used to be Captain and- Ian's Theater. Yes, thank you. Right. <laughs> we'll get this out of her. <laughs> used to be the Anaheim you know? Angels at the... <laughs> Anaheim Angels in Los Angeles, but... <clears throat> used to be Captain EO so in the Magic Eye Theater. So you can see an extended, exclusive sneak preview of the film. Not the one that runs on the official U.S. trailer on on YouTube or, or trailers media. But I bet your seats yes. will shake. I'm just, I'm just predicting that. And it will be presented in 4D with special in-theater effects. Ooh, lasers. You know, there's some more of those 4D theaters coming in. <laughs> um, in locally. Okay. No, I mean, have you been getting 4D theaters no. No. that have been showing up? Isn't there? Um, no, there's one, one here. Doesn't Garden, Walk, but... doesn't Garden Walk have one of those? 4D theaters? Are those theater, the really? ones with the seats move? Because we've, we've had a theater like that for a few years now in our town. Yeah, they have a, um, the AMC chains adding them. I know that much. They're, they put some in, I think think at one of ours in downtown Burbank here, and I know there's a couple other locations, and they were showing them with an action movie that just came out recently. Huh. And and that was in some theaters with motion seats. Uh, it begins with an E. I, I don't remember. It's one of those, you know, action yeah. violent When we're still movies. waiting on where the meet and greet is going to be for Big Hero 6, so we'll keep, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. So anyway, that was my exciting. I'm I'm still on my high from you know. See now I'm guessing today, since so. they're going to do that, I'm guessing the meet and greet may be where um in the in the arcade, the starcade. Oh, that could be where like where because the, they are like remodeling like all where that they stuff. had um, F- Wreck It Ralph characters. Oh, that could be because they did they did do meet and greets there in the past. All right. Anyway, thank you, Nancy. Uh, Michael. What did I see? The they even have, are starting to have little Big Hero Six merchandise mm-hmm. um, that's starting to come up. There was a little be- was a little pop figure Big Hero Six or something. I saw that no recently too. Okay. All right. Cool. Anyway. thank you, Nancy. Michael. Well, Mickey's Halloween party has gotten more spooktacular for annual pass holders. Oh, not those people. Yes, they're wonderful. They're gems. (laughs) So now annual pass holders will get to watch ongoing screenings of Halloween-themed Disney classics and enjoy a tasty treat and be taken out of the queues and off the crowded streets of Disneyland <laughs> at the same time. No registration is required. Just present your valid annual passport and a Mickey's Halloween party wristband valid for that day's party to the cast member at the door of the Opera House at Town Square on Main Street, USA. Each member of your party over age three, must have a valid annual passport and a Mickey's Halloween party wristband for admittance to this pass holder area. Um, separate tickets to Mickey's Halloween party are required. The annual pass holder treat station is open on all 14 nights of Mickey's Halloween party this year. Um, the doors to this pass holder area at the Opera House um, open when the party starts at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., depending upon the date, and it will close one hour before the party ends. So for more information, of course, about Mickey's Halloween party, listen to 
um, our podcast on that. And we will also have links to um, in our show notes to more information about the Halloween party. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. That will do it for Rapid Fire. Let's go to... Bleh. That will do it for Rapid Fire. Uh, time for our thread of the week, Mary Jo. Since we've been talking about the Halloween party, we have a thread by APE, and it he asks, What rides during Mickey's Halloween party? Hi, we're going to our first Mickey Halloween party this year. Wahoo! So excited! We are waiting... Excuse me. We are wanting to ride as many rides as possible to hopefully take advantage of smaller lines. From my research on these forums, it looks like Space Mountain and Haunted Mansion will be the most crowded. Which rides will be the best to head to? Are Fantasyland rides usually running at this time? Is that our best bet? Really, we would like to ride any and all that we can get onto with minimal lines. Thank you so much for all of you sharing your hours of research and years of experience with us. So I thought I'd go to you guys who have been to the Halloween party and ask, which rides do you think they have a better chance to get on so that um, they can go on as many rides as possible? Yee. Or what are what's your advice for the rides? You know, my advice would be to do do your rides early. You know, early or late. You, yeah, early or late. Because, um, or, I mean, you're paying for the Halloween party tickets, so you want to obviously take, you know, make use of the Halloween party. I mean, why would you not want to? So, my statement is, you know, do all the Halloween party stuff that's there, um, and then go ahead and, you know, after, like, the, you want to make sure you don't miss the fireworks, you don't want to miss, you know, that extra stuff, so... You know what I mean. Anyway, I'm right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that the lines are that much shorter during the Halloween party, are they? I I was thinking the same thing. I don't think they're much shorter. I think yeah. I remember when we went. Um, I would imagine they're short from the short during the parade and the and the fireworks. The yeah, you might find short lines at like Small World or Autopia or Splash Mountain, maybe stuff on the exterior. Yeah, I wouldn't want to ride Splash Mountain personally during the Halloween party. I mean, during a nighttime party, because why would I want to walk around wet? Right, but that's what I'm saying. The line is, is going to be short. Yeah, so the line would be short for that right. reason. You also want to look at single rider lines like Matterhorn or Indiana Jones Adventure. Has anybody ever seen that single rider line open for Indiana Jones? Yes, I've done it before. I Every time I go, they say, oh, yeah. it's not open. <laughs> Huh, so when have you gone, Tom, done where it's been times. open? Say again? When have, when have you gone where you've actually gone in it? Like on a during yeah. the weekend or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every, every time, I've never been turned away. I have, I have been turned away every time for two years now, every wow. time I go. Wow, and sometimes yeah. I'll have like a fast pass and I'll be by myself and they'll like, say, well, don't use the fast pass. Just go with the single rider line. Huh. I'm going to try it just to see yeah. what goes. But so uh, back to the thread. Um, I would say, especially for the popular Halloween rides, wait till the end of the night. When we went, when there was a half hour left for the park, we were able to ride them over and over for Hunt Mansion and, and those attractions. Yeah, Yeah. Late, late, late in the night after the fireworks, after the second cavalcade, the park will be yours. Unless you go on a Friday night. Okay. And then I then I don't think so. But on a school night and work night, people tend mm-hmm. to 
um, do the party stuff and leave maybe around 10 o'clock, which leaves uh-huh. that last hour, right. half, um, especially the last half hour free to go in there. And that's a really, really good point. Very anyway. clear. So um, there are some, most of the people are saying, um, they're also saying uh, wait until the end of the, of the, the day. Um, entire Figment, J-I-I, says in terms of the Fantasyland rides, I would guess that they run during the Mickey's Halloween party. But note that many of the rides will be shut down for fireworks. I honestly don't recall when the closed off area behind the castle but it will impact Peter Pan, Mr. Toad, Snow White, Pinocchio, and the Carousel. In terms of Haunted Mansion Holiday and Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy, I would expect fairly lengthy lines throughout the party hours. Personally, I would probably opt to wait in on the Space Mountain until the end of the party and then get in line. So she agrees with us as far as, as of that course. goes. <laughs> of course, right? So if you'd like to read the other... Uh, recommendations or if you have your own experience ideas please join the thread it's called what rides during mickey's ma it says what rides during mhp which is mickey's halloween party on the disneyland board thank you mary joe also i am i asked my fellow team members to come up with some tips for mickey's halloween party and i put that together in an article or a column that's going up on the Diz, probably up today or tomorrow um so if that goes up i will before the show goes up, I'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes page as well. Some great tips for those going to Mickey's Halloween party this year or any year, actually. Um, we are a timeless bunch. Yes. <laughs> nice. Middle age. Um, <laughs> all right. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.